Hello everyone, Rob Wolf here from The Lone Factory, and you are watching my YouTube channel, The Lone Wolf Podcast, or you're listening to it on The Lone Wolf Podcast. That's loan spelled L-O-A-N as in borrow money. You can just Google it and punch in there, The Lone Wolf Podcast, and I'll, I'll pop up there for you. You can reach me at rob.wolf at loanfactory.com. Or here, just call me on my cell, 727-366-5722. I tell people I'm in the ABC business, always be communicating. And you can reach me after 5 o'clock, the weekends. And I've even been known to get a pre-approval letter done while I'm in the Colorado Rockies, off the grid. Speaking of Colorado, I am licensed there where I vacation. I'm licensed in Pennsylvania where I grew up. And I'm licensed here in the sunshine state of Florida, where I live, outside of Clearwater. This podcast is just me, but if you want to be a guest, you're in the real estate field, uh, hit me up. We can do a podcast together. I'll tailor it towards your business, and uh, you can use it uh, on your webpage for advertising. I keep these podcasts to under 30 minutes, uh, typically around 20. This one might be short, around 15 minutes. And if you miss one, again, just go to Google in your search engine and put in uh, www.thelonewolfpodcast.com and I'll pop up there and you can uh, listen or watch uh, old episodes. Okay, so let's get things started. We are going to talk about cash. Cash is king, except in the mortgage field. Yeah, cash is not uh, pretty when it comes to getting a loan uh, for a 30-year uh, fixed mortgage or any any size mortgage for that matter. Um, but what I'm going to talk about is, A, if you do the things I say, that is not going to guarantee you that you're going to get a loan. Okay, what I'm trying to do is educate you as to why. Uh, cash is not viewed favorably and also give you some avenues uh, to look at and also just to, you know, put yourself in the government or the lender's eyes and to help you understand why cash is not viewed very favorably. So I guess the first thing is let's get a foundation as to why cash is not viewed favorably. And if we go back to the 2008 housing crisis, I was not a loan officer back then, but there's a running joke. It was a sniff test. If you were breathing, you got a loan. And there was no checks and balance of people's income, how they could pay the loan. They're walking into homes that they can't afford. A lot of it was verbal. You know, how much money do you make a year? $80,000? Okay, let's put that down. And again, there was no validation. So obviously we had the housing crisis. And so what the government did is they, you know, got everything together and they put guidelines in. And one of those was to validate cash. So before I go into this, you know, in the great country, the United States, you're innocent until proven guilty. I would take a reverse uh, mentality of that when it comes to cash. OK, it's up to us 
who hold that cash to prove that it's legitimate income. Okay, because the big thing we want to avoid is anti-money laundering. Okay, where did this cash come from? Let's follow the bouncing ball to show that this was earned income. That's the big thing to to keep in mind. Um, And it's the same thing in the securities field as well. Um, I've got some uh, I passed some exams in the securities field. And, and they, they look at the same thing with anti-money laundering. They don't want to place it uh, in, the, in the market, layer it, and integrate it, okay? So let's look at um, – I said I, I live here in Florida. We have a place called Orlando, and we have beaches. So we have a lot of people that are in the hospitality field, whether they're servers, they're waiters, waitresses, bartenders – and they have cash, obviously. Now, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having this cash as income, but are we showing this as income? Okay, so that's going to be the, the big step you need to understand that you have to show this as income. If you're showing $20,000 on your taxes, but you're living a much better lifestyle than that and not recording your cash, that's going to be a problem to get you a loan. Now, before I dive into the loans, let me make sure that we understand there's two avenues that you can take. There is the conventional loan route, which is most people are familiar with those. It's a 30-year fixed mortgage that our parents and grandparents got at the bank or some other credit union. Okay, these are backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. But there's also an avenue, non-QM, non-qualified mortgage. These are private lenders that do not have as strict guidelines as the qualified mortgages. Okay, so chances are if your income is cash, you're probably going to end up going the non-QM route. But that doesn't mean that you can avoid certain documentation, okay? So let's say you are employed for two plus years in the hospitality field and you're showing, um, you know, that you're depositing this into your bank statement, okay? I will say this, you want to make sure that you're depositing your tips, your cash on a regular basis, You don't want to hold 10 plus thousand dollars at once and go to the bank and deposit it. Okay, that's going to send a red flag, um, you know, to the bank or other people because there are notifications. They need to uh, notify people when there's big, big deposits. Uh, So ten thousand dollars is one of them or two deposits of five thousand dollars. Okay. So, and that's not too much money. If you think about it, like I said, I'm in Florida. I live outside of Clearwater. I know bartenders making over $500 on a good night. Well, on a weekly basis, that could be $2,000. So if you wait three, four weeks, you've got over $5,000. So make sure you're depositing the cash on a a regular basis to show 
when you give your two months worth of bank statements to your loan officer like me or the, the lender, the underwriter, they see this. Okay, this is a steady stream of income and that's their source of how they make a living. So once we establish that with our bank statements, okay, that's the first step. Now, the other uh, item that I would request from you are pay stubs, which is not going to be a lot if you're in the hospitality, but there's some income there because you at least get minimum wage. The other side is taxes. Okay, so if you were following what I just said about bank statements, some people think, oh, okay, I'll just do two months worth of bank statements. I'll show steady income. But what I did the previous year and nine months, 10 months, doesn't matter. Well, that's why we ask for taxes. Okay, because if the underwriter sees that the last two months bank statements, you are showing a gross monthly income of seven, eight thousand dollars a month, but your taxes are only showing twenty five thousand dollars a year, we have a problem. Okay. So getting back, if you are depositing every week, and this has been going on for two plus years, then we can use this to, to go the conventional loan route. Okay. Now we would do a letter of explanation to the underwriter and anyone looking at the loan that this is your source of income, that John Doe, Jane Doe works at XYZ uh, as a bartender, as you know, a waiter, waitress, and the majority of their business or income is cash. Hence why you see all these cash deposits in the bank account. Okay, so we're explaining to them why all this is going on. Now, I'll be very blunt and say, do not try to get sneaky, okay, to get around certain things. Believe it or not, I still have buyers asking me, Rob, what can you do for me? Um, thinking I, I've got some sneaky way to get them a loan, okay? I've had some people say, Rob, I, I haven't had to go through this last time. And I asked them, when did you get your last loan? And they say, well, it was like 20 years ago. So that's why. It was before 2008 housing crisis. We've corrected those. Okay, a good loan officer and or the underwriter, we're going to be looking at stuff and we're going to be asking questions to validate things. Okay, so what I'm getting at is one of the ways that you can get help for a, uh, a loan is a gift letter, a gift you can receive money from a family member, a friend, whatever it may be. And there's a form, a, a gift letter form that I, Rob Wolf, I'm gifting John Doe $20,000. This is not a loan. This is a gift. It's never going to have to get repaid, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so when we submit this, okay, the underwriter may ask for my bank statements. Where did Rob get this money from? Okay, so again... We're following where's the money coming from. We're validating all this stuff so that this money is earned income from all parties. Okay, so the reason I said don't get sneaky is if you have a bunch of cash and you don't want that to get seen, don't try to say, oh, my brother will help me out. Hey, brother, 
help me out. I'm going to give you $20,000. You just say you're going to gift that to me so I can, you know, use it from down payment on my house. Okay. So, you know, again, I don't want to belabor it, but we validate things. Okay. So with that said, the conventional route may not be a fit for someone in um, that receives cash as income. And, but I don't want you to give up hope because there are loans out there, and that would be the non-QM route. I just did one a few months ago. It was a bank statement loan that uh, the buyer was in the cash business. He had big transactions, and that was part of his business. And we did a letter of explanation, and we we got him the loan. So, and the, the same will. It, you don't have to be a self-employed. You can be, like I said, in the hospitality field as an employee and still get a loan. Like I said, this would be the non-QM route. We would need, you know, your bank statements and, you know, other things for the application, but they're not as strict. Now, I will say this, that the non-QM, you're not going to see low down payment options, Okay you're going to have to put some skin in the game, okay? Because this private lender is taking a little bit more of a risk to giving the money out. So 20% would be a good guideline for you to keep in mind. I've seen some at 15, but the majority are around that 20%. Now, again, that could depend on other assets you might have, whether you've got a retirement account that you can use as backing or, or something like that, stocks, bonds, or um, you've got a very, very high credit. Speaking of credit, you're going to need uh, most lenders I see minimum 620. Okay. Um, some are 640, but you're not going to see lenders under 600 giving away or, or giving loans in this category. And I will say that these loans seem to be more price interest rate sensitive to your down payment and your interest, your credit score, sorry. So your down payment and your credit score are more interest rate sensitive. And speaking of interest rate, at the time of this recording, a 30-year fixed is about 6.625, 6.5 in that range. As a general guideline, I tell my borrowers, add about 2% to that. That will get you a non-QM loan. Some might be a little less and some might be more. I priced them out before this video and I saw some up in the nines. But I would say two percentage points higher is a general guideline to use. Okay, so... That's all I had on this uh, podcast, you know, YouTube video about cash. Um, again, it's a little more stricter or it is stricter that the lenders do want to validate. We have legitimate income uh, coming in. And I hope I at least steered you in the right direction of what to look for and why uh, the underwriters are asking for certain things. If you have any questions, concerns, you know, feel free to hit me up. But like I said, just keep in mind that the lenders and underwriters, they just want to know where's the money coming from. Is it 
you know, we want to show it's a legitimate business and that uh, it's legitimate income. And then we can use that to parlay into a mortgage. All right, folks, again, uh, hit me up with any questions you've got or give me a call 727-366-5722 or uh, give me an email, rob.wolf at loanfactory.com. All right, folks, have a great day. See you next time.